listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. And I am really excited about, as Pastor Craig spoke, you know, the expansion season that we're in. And the truth is, though, that it is a season where we desperately need the Holy Spirit. We desperately, absolutely need His presence to lead us. And I love that in uh, Exodus 31, it actually talks about the first person being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's around this man called Bezalel. And he's actually the first person that's commissioned to build the tabernacle. So the first person that the Bible mentioned who was filled with the Holy Spirit is a person commissioned to build the house, commissioned to build the tabernacle. And I know that there's just a sense of, hey, the Holy Spirit is leading us into this new territory as a church, this new level, but we need His Holy Spirit to be leading us. Like never before, we need to be a people that are leaning into His Holy Spirit, that are Spirit-led people, that are like, okay, Holy Spirit, wherever you're taking us, I am in. I don't know what it looks like. Like, I, but I have this sense and I'm trusting you and I'm stepping out into the waters because I know that you've got more for me. And I'm so excited that we're a church that is led by the Holy Spirit. And if you're kind of feeling new here today and you're like, well, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God's presence in us. It's God's presence with us here on this earth. Jesus came, He died on a cross and then He sent His Holy Spirit. The one that would walk with us, the one that would talk with us, that we would intimately know Him. And I just love that our God sets us up for a win to do life with Him, which is absolutely amazing. But we're gonna turn in our Bibles today to 1 Kings 19 verse 11 to 13 because we are in this whole new series of The Whisper. And it's this passage where Elijah, the prophet, has found himself in a hard place and he feels like everything is against him. He is feeling very depleted. And so the Holy Spirit, God says, hey, I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna reveal myself to you. And so the Lord says to him, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then it says, a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart. Like how epic would that have been? like a wind tore the mountains apart and scattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. See, He caused all those things, but the Bible says He wasn't in them. And then after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And I think this passage is a profound passage of Scripture because it teaches us how God speaks to us. It teaches us the nature and the character of our God. See, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I've often wondered is, God, why don't you just show yourself in might and power? Like, why don't you just show yourself like the wind and the earthquake? And he does that at times. But God, why don't you do that more that people would just be left with no doubt of of who you are, no doubt of your reality. But instead, he chooses to reveal himself in a whisper. He chooses to speak in the form of a whisper. And you know what? I've been going to God lately going, God, why is it that you do that? And why he does it? Because a whisper, it causes a lean-in. It causes us to be drawn in. It was the whisper 
that caused Elijah to come out of the cave, to come into the presence of God. See, the thing that matters most to the heart of our God is intimacy with Him. He doesn't want us as robots. Well, we'll just do whatever He wants us to do. No, He wants deep intimacy with us. And that is why He speaks in the form of a whisper, because a whisper, it causes a lean in. It causes us to press in. A whisper is intimate. You know, you, don't, you wouldn't whisper to a stranger that you just met. It'd just be awkward. It's like, hey, come over here. You'd be like, I ain't coming over there. <laughs> There's an intimacy to it. And that's what our Holy Spirit, that's what our God desires, deep intimacy with us. A whisper, it's an invitation to come closer. See, I love what John 14, verse 16 to 18 says. Jesus is about to go to His death and then to return to heaven. And so He's talking to His disciples and He's he's talking about the Holy Spirit that He's gonna leave them. And He says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. How amazing is it? The Holy Spirit, He doesn't just live with us, He lives in us. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you. There is something about the heart of our Father, because Jesus, when every articulated words, He was declaring the thoughts and the feelings of His Father. There's something about our Father that desires intimacy, deep intimacy with Him, that we would know what He's saying, that you know we would know where He's leading. I love again in John 16 verse 13, He says, but when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide us into all truth. He is speaking. Our God is speaking. He is constantly speaking. But to be honest, one of the most common questions I would get as a pastor is, well, how do I hear God? And I get it. I ask the same question as well. How do I hear God? And it's almost there's this sense attached to it, like God doesn't really want to speak. Like it's hard to hear Him. Like it's hard to coax out of God what He's saying. But it's actually the exact opposite. See, God is always speaking, but it's in the form of a whisper. So for us to hear, it's actually up to us to draw closer to Him to be able to hear what He's saying. But because He wants to lean in. So if we're ever in this place where we feel like, man, it's just hard to hear God, it's actually on us to get closer to Him. He's saying, it's an invitation. Would you come closer? Would you draw near me more? Because I'm always speaking. But if you're hard of hearing, the responsibility is on you. The responsibility is on us to draw in, to go, okay, God, what is He saying? Because I've got to tune my ear to what you were saying. Not get frustrated because I think that you're far away and not speaking. No, God, what have I got to do? So the ownership is on us to draw closer, not God to speak louder. Got to hear that. It's not up to God to speak louder. It's up to us to draw closer, to draw proximity with Him. See, I love what John 10 verse four to five says. When He is brought out on His own, He goes ahead of Him. And Jesus is again speaking to His disciples. His sheep follow Him because they know His voice. He's talking about Himself. The sheep follow Him because they know His voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from Him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. See, so much of communication is actually about knowing. Knowing someone. See, Pastor Craig can get up here 
And he can say something this morning, maybe he talks about expansion. And you may sit here and you'll see, and you may think, you know what, he sounds so passionate. But because I know him so well, I often hear something that's a lot deeper. I hear, man, this is a conviction from God. This is something that the Holy Spirit is asking us to step into. I hear so differently and it works vice versa. We can communicate. I can communicate with Him just with a look. Just with a look. That look says so much. That look says, look, it's time to go. That look says, you're in big trouble. Because we know each other so well. You communicate without words because we know each other. And this is what Jesus is saying here. Hey, if you know me, you'll hear my voice. So to hear His voice, it actually takes a deeper knowledge of Him, gaining a deeper understanding of Him, getting in proximity with Him. And to be honest, I think for me, one of the most challenging passages in in Scripture is the story about Mary and Martha. And Martha, this amazing woman of God, invites Jesus into her home. She wants proximity with Him. But she gets distracted with all the preparations that need to be made. But her sister Mary comes in and just sits at the feet of Jesus wanting to hear from Him. And then Martha, which I so relate to, gets frustrated and upset because Mary's just flipping sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's not doing the work. Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is really needed. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to a lot of us today, hey, come on, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. It's been in a proximity to God Proximity to lean into Him, to hear His voice, to lean into what He's saying. So that we hear Him that comes from this knowledge of who He is. And if we want to grow in hearing from Him and getting clarity, let's get closer to Him. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about being in proximity with the Holy Spirit and what it means. And the first thing is that it is led by our response. Proximity with the Holy Spirit is led by our response. You know, one of the first things I ever got taught about the Holy Spirit is that He is a gentleman and that He will never force Himself on us. And I kind of never quite understood what that meant, but pretty much what it means is that the Holy Spirit has done everything to have relationship with us. Jesus came, He died on the cross, then He rose again so that we could come to Him exactly as we are, so that we could have this personal, intimate connection with Him. He's done like 90% of the work, but then He waits for us to initiate the 10%. He waits for us to lean into Him. He's somebody that's just saying, hey, I've laid the platform for our relationship, but I want you to do the rest. I want you to lean in because again, He doesn't just want us to be robots. He's looking for intimate relationship with us. I love how Bill Johnson puts it. He says this, There is no greater privilege than being a host to God Himself. Yet few are aware of the assignment to host Him. Fewer yet have said yes. And this is so challenging. The idea of hosting God may sound strange. He now owns everything, including our own bodies, but He made earth for humanity and put it under our charge. 
If you were renting a home from me, I wouldn't walk into your home without an invitation or at least without your permission. You would never see me in your kitchen taking food from your refrigerator and cooking a meal for myself. Why? Even though it is my house, it is under your charge or stewardship. While there are landlords that would violate such protocol, God isn't one of them. He planted us here with a purpose, yet it's a purpose we can't accomplish without Him. Our true nature and personality will never come to fullness apart from His manifest present, learning to host Him as at the centre of our assignment. Powerful, learning to host the Holy Spirit. Come on, learning what He loves. You know, learning what grieves Him. I know there's this passage in Scripture that says we can grieve the Holy Spirit because there's stuff that we can do that just causes Him to go, oh, come on, you can do better. Because He takes us higher. He challenges us. He causes us to go to new places in Him. Come on, He wants to work with us. He wants to empower us. He wants us to go to greater strength. But we are the ones that host Him. We are the ones that set the terms of occupancy. We are the ones that set the boundaries that the Holy Spirit has to move in our lives. Come on, what terms of occupancy have you set for the Holy Spirit, those that are joining us online today? What terms of occupancy have you set? Come on, is He just someone that shows up whenever you're in need of Him? Is He somebody that you cry out to whenever you're in that place of desperation, but at other times I'm gonna gonna do what I wanna do. This is my sphere, this is my space. Come on, is He somebody that we're constantly communing with, constantly doing life with, constantly asking to lead us? He is waiting there, but He waits for our invitation to be included. And I've been stirred about this lately. You know what? I, the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to me the other night. And so one of the things I love to do is after dinner, get all the house in order. I love a tidy, organised home. And And so one night in particular, the kids were doing the dishes, they were brilliant, but then they all just sat down, started watching TV and the house was still a bit of a mess and I got frustrated and I'm like, you know guys, here I am, the only one cleaning up Easy's toys for like the 20th time today, like I'm doing all the work, you're just sitting on the flipping couch and Craig's like, babe, we're here, all you need to do is ask. (laughs) Really annoying response. We're here, just ask. It's like the Holy Spirit is like that, guys. I'm here, just ask. Instead of getting frustrated, would you include me? Instead of getting frustrated with your marriage, would you include me? Instead of getting frustrated with relationships, would you include me? Instead of getting frustrated with temptation, would you include me? Come on, He is constantly there wanting to be included. Come on, I haven't got clarity, Holy Spirit. Well, would you include Him? Would you press in closer to hear what He's saying? So often, I do it all the time. We just struggle in our own wanting control rather than leaning and going, Holy Spirit, help me. I'm at the end of myself and I just need you to intervene. Come on, God is the Holy Spirit. He is looking for that response. He's looking for us to include Him. So how does the Holy Spirit help? Just really quickly to go through these key things. He teaches us. John 14, verse 26. I'm just gonna go through these scriptures because I want you to go away with these meaty scriptures today. John 14, verse 26. He will teach you all things. Bring to remembrance all that I said. He's the greatest teacher. Come on, he's the one that gets alongside you when you know just, okay, that wasn't right. I need to forgive thee or that attitude isn't right. He teaches you. He convicts. He'll convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Come on, when you're about to step into something, you just know it's not of Him and He just brings that 
uh, in your spirit. Come on, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. We've got to lean into His voice more. He dwells in believers. We're His temple. He gives revelation. Come on, He wants to speak to us. He's the God of revelation. He empowers us. He is wisdom. He guides us in truth. He gives spiritual gifts. He seals our salvation. He helps in our weaknesses. He intercedes for us. How amazing is the Holy Spirit. He helps us bear fruit. Because man, sometimes it's hard to love people. Sometimes it's really hard to have patience, to show kindness, but the Holy Spirit, He helps us. And all of those things are going to be on Life Malb's Instagram page afterwards for you to get. There's so many rich scriptures that are about the Holy Spirit. But you know what? I think one of the traps that we can fall into is thinking that the Holy Spirit needs to be earned. Thinking that somehow we need to be good enough or earn the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. But nowhere in Scripture does it teach that. It actually teaches that all you need to do is ask. Luke, Scripture in Luke talks about, hey, if a good father wants to give good gifts to his kids, saying, I'm that father, I want to give good gifts to my kids. And it directly says, I will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift we could ever be given from our Father, our Heavenly Father. And all we need to do is ask. We don't need to be good enough. We don't need to reach a certain level. The Holy Spirit is actually the one that helps us to do that. He's the one that comes alongside us and lifts us and challenges us and strengthens us to actually walk out what Jesus is asking us to do. It's the Holy Spirit that is the greatest in power. The second thing today is what the whole, being in proximity with the Holy Spirit is it takes activating an awareness of His presence. Activating an awareness of His presence. See, we are body, soul, and spirit. And there is part of our spirit that senses God's spirit. Just like I taste chocolate, I love chocolate. There is my spirit that loves the presence of God. And we've got to, be, we've got to learn to be more aware of His Holy Spirit. What is Holy Spirit is leading us into in the day to day? It's that sense where our spirit, our inner person. See, we can think that the Holy Spirit is out there, but it's actually something in here. It's in turn, it's our spirit that senses God's spirit. It's this deep connection, like deep calling to deep. Our spirit connecting with God's spirit. And I um, I saw this this week. It was actually a interview from Sean Mendes, and if you don't know who he is, he's a an amazing uh, singer. He's had uh, number one songs in the UK and he was just speaking about listening to worship music and what it does in his spirit. And I thought I'd show it today because it's just a powerful reminder of what the Holy Spirit can do in someone's life. We can show that team. That'd be awesome. I mean, I jumped right into, you know, writing songs and then I had a really huge song when I was really young and then somehow wrote another really huge song when I was super young and then another one after that. And none of that was coming from a, a knowing place, at least. I had no idea what was going on. It was just like all kind of happening. Only in the last like two years, I've realized like the real uh, power that comes, that music is. And there's something so interesting because I grew up kind of more or less atheist and now becoming much more spiritual and really being sure there's a God or sure there's a higher thing and there's a the universe or whatever you like to call it music was the thing that did that for me watching maverick city choir i think they're called maverick mm. city choir singing about god singing about jesus 
I'm sitting there watching this YouTube video and they're singing about Jesus and I just start crying, like crying mm. my eyes out. And I'm like, I'm like, you know when you're crying and it's like, this is like something leaving me. Yeah. Mm. This is like that type of cry. It's like, you know, and I'm like, how is something that my whole life I've grown up to believe is fanatic and, and, and not science and not the truth feel like home mm. because of this song? How powerful is that? Something that I always thought was fanatical, not science, but I'm listening to it and it just feels like I'm coming home. Like that's the Holy Spirit. There's something in His Spirit that is connecting with the Holy Spirit. Like, and that's, that's what, it's that feeling of coming home, like sensing His presence. And we've got to become more aware of His presence, where He's leading us, what He's saying. And again, the Holy Spirit, uh, spoke to me, you know, about this uh, recently. We were watching a movie together as a family and it was a movie called, I'll just get it for you, The Finest Hour. And it's this true story of the greatest small boat rest, uh, rescue in Coast Guard history. And it's about this, this group of people led by this man, Bernie Weber. And they go out into these massive seas because an oil tanker has been ripped apart, just broken in two. The first part of it just sinks to the bottom of the ocean, but the second part is filled with most of the crew and they grind into the sandbank and they're just sitting there waiting to be rescued. But all Bernie and his team have is this small little boat that man's like, it usually takes 12 people to fill. And so they go out into these massive big seas, massive big waves. They just get through the sandbar. And in, this, in the craziness of the storm that they're in, they lose their compass, but miraculously find the ship and then take on 32 men on board when it's meant to be this 12-person uh, boat. And they're in the middle of nowhere in this, this scene in this movie where Bernie has 36, including his crew, 36 men on board, and he's in the middle of the ocean. He cannot see a thing. There's this huge storm around him. He hasn't got a compass to get back. And somebody says to him, well, what are you going to do? And he says this line, I had the wind on my left going out. I figure if I keep her on my right, we ought to be headed in the right direction. And it's this amazing true story of how he finds home by following the wind. And all men, all 36 men are saved. And I felt when I was watching that move, the Holy Spirit say to me, you know what is a church? We're stepping out into new territory where it looks like the ocean is all around us. And it's like, man, God, this is crazy. It's so completely out of our control. It is so unknown. We're not quite sure where we're going, but there's a humanity to save. There's people to save. There's people all around us that need you, Jesus. And you know what? We've got to be more and more led with the wind, with that sense of direction, just that sense of where the Holy Spirit is leading us. We've got, uh, I was talking to an amazing couple this week and we were saying, you know, to describe the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's just that sense, that sense of where He's taking you. Pastor Craig, with the building, it was just the sense, Holy Spirit, that you're on this. When we bought our home, it was just and built our home, amazing miracle. When I drove past our block, it was like the sense, I need to check this out. It's like we've got to follow that sense more and allow the Holy Spirit to take us out into deep waters. Well, we don't know the way, but He's going to direct us with His Holy Spirit. Come on, how much are we led by just that sense? 
I love Kirsty Harkness. We shared the story of her uh, step, sorry, not Kirsty Harkness, uh, Kirsty Levere, um, stepping in to embrace grace, the amazing ministry that's about supporting women with unplanned pregnancies. And the Holy Spirit started to speak to her just as she was up feeding in the middle of the night and just had this sense, you know what, I wanna do something in that area. And she came to us and shared it. And we're like, yes, there's an, an agreement from us. Let's step into it. But it started with just that sense. Come on, when was the last time you were led by that sense? Because I know the Holy Spirit is going to speak to many of you about stepping out in a new way, about serving people, serving God's house in a greater way, about speaking to people at work about who He is, inviting them to church, wherever you may be, the Holy Spirit is always wanting to take us into a new level of faith, into a new arena of stepping out into the unknown. But are we following that sense? Something I would just bring wisdom to with that point is whenever we're following that sense, it's really important that we don't let emotions confuse us in the middle of that, especially when making decisions about life direction. An example is, you know, for us moving to Australia, it was actually really hard for me to follow the sense of the Holy Spirit's leading in that moment because so many emotions were involved for me. I was, you know, like heartbroken about leaving family. So I actually had to go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I'm finding it really hard to hear from you in the middle of this. I need other people's wisdom to come alongside me. I need other people, like prophetic words. I need more than just that sense. And I wanna encourage you if you're in that space, but you know what, emotions are kind of, leading me here, get wisdom from other people. I've seen people make relationship choices based on that sense, but they needed wisdom applied to it as well. Still get wisdom from other people with that sense. Because when it's the Holy Spirit, that sense will be confirmed by other people's wisdom. Does that make sense? Just to bring a little bit of context there. The last thing, the last point, if the rest of the team can join me, please. So for us to have proximity with the Holy Spirit, we need a fresh exchange. And every relationship takes freshness. Every marriage needs time of intentionality. Relationship with your kids, it needs intentionality, just setting aside time with each of them every now and then. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. We need intentional time with Him where we're refilled. And you know, if you look at Acts, the believers were consistently filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts talks about they were first baptised in the Holy Spirit, but then in Acts 4, when Peter and John had been taken in by the religious leaders that had gone through a bit of a hard time being, um, being questioned, and then it says they came back into the believers' homes and they prayed and the place where their meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. They were filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. And I know that God wants to meet us today with His power and with His Holy Spirit and just fill us afresh. Come on, the Holy Spirit, it's power. It's the power of heaven. You know, when Jesus was baptised and then a dove came down and rested on Him in Mark 1 verse 10 to 11, Jesus was coming out of water. He saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on Him like a dove. And the voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son who I love and I'm well pleased. That 
that passage, that verse being torn open. You know, it's often in movies, we see just the clouds parting and this dove just coming down and resting on Jesus. But it was this violent tearing. The same word was used when the veil was torn in the temple when Jesus was crucified and the rocks split apart. It was like heaven invading earth, heaven coming down to earth. And it's the same for us, man. 2 Timothy 1, uh, 1 verse 7 says, We're not going to be given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. That word power is the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same word that was used in Mark when uh, Jesus healed the woman that was bleeding with the issue of blood. And he, she touched the hem of His uh, garment and it says power left Him. It was the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit that left Him to heal that woman. That same Spirit is alive in us today. That same Spirit is accessible for us to be filled here today. That same Holy Spirit is there for every person joining us online today to be filled afresh with the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, heaven invading earth because the Holy Spirit meets us. There is power that is available to us because of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do our Christianity on our own. We can't do it by just rocking up to church on Sunday and having a little refill like we're living on this charged battery. No, there is a source for us to tap into that is eternal, that is heaven filled, that is power, that is breakthrough, that has all of heaven behind us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.